Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Good morning. If you'll kindly turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 12 this morning, a message entitled, Burning the Midnight Oil. Verse 46. The master of that servant will come in a day when he is not looking for him, at an hour when he is not aware, and cut him in two and appoint his portion with the unbelievers. Wow. A believer receiving his portion with the unbelievers? What is he saying here? What does that mean? Well, it's actually not too unfamiliar if we, if we look at another thing that Jesus said to Thyatira. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 20 and 22, it says, Nevertheless, I have a few things against you, because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants who, to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. We see a similar warning to Sardis. It says in, in Revelation 3, 3, Remember therefore how you have received and heard, hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you do not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I come upon you. But notice what he says in contrast to that to Philadelphia. In, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 10 and 11, Jesus says this, Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth, Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast to what you have, that no one may take your crown. The idea of quickly there is unexpectedly. Notice that these are all red letters. Even the Philadelphia, he gives a warning to not let somebody take your crown, to steal your reward. So the question is, does this mean that someone can lose their salvation and be left behind? I don't think so. I think this means that there's a potential for people who believe, but don't believe unto salvation. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. It's somebody who has a form of godliness, but they deny the power of it, and they're not born again. So this warning, in my view, is to the poser and not the true believer. The one who's amongst the church, goes to church every Sunday, they act like a Christian, they even do Christian things, but they are not willing to watch and they are not, they're still living for this life and they never truly surrendered to Jesus Christ. And if you're not willing and you're just going through the motions, then you should have a very severe warning in things that Jesus is saying here. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are <laughs> disqualified? <laughs> Excuse me, the word disqualified here means unapproved. It means your faith isn't genuine. What does that mean? 
it means to surrender completely to Jesus. You see this in all the seven letters to seven churches, almost every single one of them. He gives a warning to those who don't repent. But then he also gives a blessing to those who overcome. And so we have to understand that there are going to be people amongst the church that are, are part of the church, but they haven't put their full trust in Jesus. And I'll, just give me, I'll just give you an example. I was, I was baptized at eight years old. I grew up in, in churches and going to church when I was a kid. And I believed in God. I believed Jesus was a person. I believed he died on the cross. I believed that Jesus was God. On a superficial level, but I didn't really believe or really put my trust in Jesus completely for my salvation. In fact, I still believed in my heart that it was up to me to be good enough to be accepted by God. And so I was working hard for my salvation, but I believed Jesus died on the cross and I believed all that stuff. But it wasn't until I was 18 when someone said, it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been, Jesus can forgive all of your sins, that I said, okay, yeah, I can't do this. Jesus, I submit to you. If that's true, I want what you have for me. I want that salvation. And then I said to God, whatever you want in my life, that's what I want. And then I upped the ante and I said, even if I don't want it, you have my permission to force it on me. Because I knew that there was nothing I could do or nothing I could bring to the table that was going to make me successful. I had tried and failed so many times that I needed a, 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 a true God who could save me and not some weak religion that depended upon me checking boxes. And there was a vast difference between the believer I was before on surface to the believer I became when I said, I surrender. I believe only you can save me. I cannot save myself. I'm yours. And there are many people in the church today who have never made that second step to going from a head knowledge of God and Jesus and all of that to a surrendered life that says, I want to live for Jesus. Verse 47 and that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know, yet committed things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required, and to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. So this is not... So Uncle Ben did not get this on his own, right? This is, you know, Spider-Man was told this same thing, but Jesus came up with this, right? To great powers, great responsibility. This is Jesus' word. Sorry, that was meant to be a joke. You guys are like, what? You just read that, and I, I can't be joke, in a joking mood. So, you have one who wasn't a true believer. They're cast into tribulation, as described as a snare that comes upon everyone who dwells on the face of the earth with no escape. That's why Jesus says, pray that you are worthy to escape all those things and stand before the Son of Man. Luke chapter 21, I think verse 35 to the end. But now you have servants who knew Jesus would come back at any moment and they didn't prepare. Those who didn't think Jesus would come back or didn't know that he was going to come back. And he says, and if they're deserving of stripes, they're going to get stripes. What does this mean? Does this mean that, that they're going to lose, that they're going to be beaten by Jesus, that they're going to lose all the reward? What does this mean? You know, so many, so many wise and prudent Bible scholars and teachers, because I listened to probably six or seven guys teach through this and read many commentaries on this, and nobody would touch this with a 10-foot pole. Like, what does this mean? It's like, I remember Chuck Smith even said, I know you're going to want me to answer these questions, but I'm not going to. 
So I'm going to give a stab at it, which is way arrogant and bold. But could this mean, I'm not going to, I don't know the answer to it either, actually. But could this mean that we're, we're going to stand before Jesus? You know, he describes the, the Bema seat of Christ where we, our works are based on gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, and then they're tested by fire, and if all of our works are burned up, we're, we're saved as yet by fire. Is that what this means? That the, that the beating that they're going to get is that everything that they did in life turned to nothing, and they just walk into heaven, singed hair, and I made it. Is that what this means? Or does it literally mean that Jesus being literal, not just parabolic, but he's literally saying they're going to be beaten? I don't know. But here's the thing. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it for myself because I'm going to live my life, Lord willing, watching and being ready for Jesus to come back at any moment. And so I don't have to worry about these things. I'm saved, and I know that Jesus loves me, and I want to do whatever I I can to follow him and to obey his voice. But the question is, is that true for you as well? I hope it's true for every single one of us. That our lamps are trimmed, that our that our robes are girded, that our legs are girded, and ready to, to move, because Jesus could come back at any minute. And the question we should ask ourselves is, Lord, am I genuinely saved? Have I surrendered? My, am I putting my full trust in you? And then the second thing, and it's exactly what Paul said when he got saved. You remember Paul on the road to Damascus? Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus. I'm God. Okay, I surrender. And then the second, the second question Paul asked was, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do, Lord? And so when I'm secure in my salvation, then I'm saying, okay, Lord, now where is my life going to go? I believe you have a better plan for it than I do. Show me where to go. Show me what to do. And then you will find yourself watching and ready for Jesus' return. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. We're... We're so in need of of these reminders, Lord, that you are coming back. As we look at the world around us falling apart, as we look at fear and and anxiety gripping people's hearts, we know that the, the fields are white for harvest. And Lord, we need to be ready. We need to be watching. Our hearts need to be in the right place. Our lamps need to be trimmed. We need to be filled with the oil of the Holy Spirit and on fire for you, Jesus. And we need to be moving. So help us to ungird ourselves, run, hinder ourselves, and gird ourselves up so that we can be free to move at the prompting of your Holy Spirit and to be watching for your return. We trust you, Jesus, and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991. Or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening. And remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.